Hello, and welcome to Smash Loot and Roll. We find our quartet of adventurers awakening from a restful night sleep in Alexa's magical mansion. What does the new day hold for Adrock, Bowden, Chip, and Kelgrace? Let's join them and find out. Thank you for listening to Smash Loot and Roll, and enjoy episode 27, A Busy Morning. All right, to uh, recap and give you guys some dramatic personas and everything else, you have Alexia, lack of pronouncing his name is Alexia Connor, uh, that you guys decide to spend the night in her magically constructed uh, house that you walked through the magical door that was in the uh, open field when you guys encountered her. You encountered four other humans, two males, two females in the house as well. None of them introduced themselves. You got the impression that they were very loyal and very structured when it came to catering to Alexa's needs and wishes. Almost zombie-like, you might say. No, they still had their own personality behind it. You could definitely say... uh, They found her charming? Exactly. (laughs) There's a good way to put it. Kelgrace actually overheard a conversation uh, between Alexa and another female that was never identified. And that are all the personas you currently know of. If you want, I can go back through a lot of other personas that you guys had from overall sections of the game. Oh, Alexia was, what's his name? Father, Father Dumas's niece, niece, right? That's correct. Okay. So you have Father Dumas, who is a priest. He's more one of those general priests, but he does have, he, he does dabble in the same religion as you, Bowden. Mm-hmm. But he seems to sort of cater to the various, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't call him fringe is the correct word, but the, the less popular religions within the city seems like it's sort of a eclectic uh priest on that aspect of it he he he, he's the grout amongst the major religions. yeah he he catches those that fall through the cracks got it or or into the cracks um you also have borloff boris olaf i think this is the name he is the magistrate of the north ward that you guys originally encountered when after uh, awarded for taking out a troll. And he's the one who went missing and we're assuming was captured by this crew, correct? He is, he is one he is one of uh, several that have gone missing. It was like the first one that we identified. Were, were there others that we knew of right off the bat? Uh, you recall uh, the discussion of the witch trials? Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of individuals right. associated with the witch trials have gone missing. Let's see. And I can get all the names here in a second. I was going to flip. I got to flip way back in my notes. <laughs> Let's see. We've got I've got the name of the the witches. Names of the witches. There we go. Irix Graylon, was he one of them? He was one of the dedicates of the manuscript eternal. Uh that actually has to do with Chip. That was Chip's contact. Oh, okay. <laughs> we gotta friend. kill him. Put <laughs> <laughs> this guy down and kill him. That would be an interesting storyline. Only for about half, up until Chip like goes crazy kung fu on all of us. <laughs> So you, you did learn in the time you were there, you did learn the actual names of several people involved with uh, the witch trials and Borlock, Magistrate Borlock was the uh, barrister, the attorney, prosecuting attorney for it, the judge, Lord uh, Fulver, and then you also learned of several family names of the jury. And I'll just, I'll make it easy. I'll just type them in so we don't, I don't misspell anything. You don't have to listen to me typing anymore either. For those at home, we have Silvix, Monsonata, Gadok, Sunbright, Hapless, Burkett, Fullet. And that's all of them. This was a recorded announcement. 
what are the questions and what other back whatever the back information would you guys like that it's been a month and a half since we played so we don't know the the uh, the other lady that's with alexia we don't know her name yet all any of you have heard and the only person's heard is kelgrace is the only one that's actually heard her voice ah and kelgrace you know it's weren't they there at dinner i thought we saw all of them we just didn't we did we you just saw didn't you saw you saw six people at dinner which is the four people from the living room and Alexa, and, and that's it. That's all. You, that was all. It was at dinner. Oh, just so five. Oh yeah, yeah. There should be a total of it should be five total. So there should be two males, two females, and Alexia. Okay. And then inside the mansion that was serving dinner, there was these like ghostly apparitions, apparitious servants that would serve things. Okay. So uh, and to put it back into my brain about the layout of this dance, and it's very tiny, right? It's just. I mean, it's not huge. It's it's a magical construct, right? It is a magical construct. The layout was an open foyer with stairs, with a stairwell going up on the left side as you enter. There's also a way underneath it that goes in the back towards what you guess would be a kitchen as you guys never back in there. Yeah. To the left would have been the sitting parlor or entryway for people to where they had the conversation with you. To the right was another style parlor slash entertainment room. And right behind that, going further back into it, led you guys to a room that was available to you guys where you got to sleep in. Okay. Were there doors on all of these entrances, including the ones like through the parlor to the left from the foyer as you first first come in? So those were open doorways. Okay. The only door that had a closed door was the room you guys got to sleep in. Okay. And I Uh, see the room upstairs that uh, Kel Grace... Well, Kel Grace kept going up the stairs and she kept getting recycled back down. Oh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so she could never cross a, she could never cross the top two steps threshold. Okay. As she's every time she hit the top, the, that one step, it would be like she'd be stepping up on the second step of the of the lowest second step up and walk the stairs again. So she got to do the cycle a couple of times before she's like, okay, I will stop here and just listen. Kel Grace, you did hear a door shut before Alexia came back down the stairs. But other than that, what is your insight? Your insight, yeah. You would you would know, Kel Grace, that the voice had a bit of an elven sing to it. I guess what would it be called? A dialect, not a dialect, but even though it was even though the conversation was in common, you could hear that common wasn't the native tongue. So the elvish tones came out, could be heard. Got it. Have I reported this to my buddies yet? I believe you have. If not, I thought I did. We'll, we'll say you have. <laughs> okay, that so sounds good. You wanted to give us a I'm... full dump on what was said and everything, just so we can, so I, so I can act on second place, second person knowledge. <laughs> so real quick in the conversation, there wasn't much said. It's like other than it was an argument, and Alexa was very upset about how things were going, and why the process to recover her her mother wasn't going faster, and the voice kept. And the the other the other female kept, you know, patience and calm. It's all coming together. It just takes time. You know, you, you keep to the plan, keep doing what you're doing. She also said that, you know, the group, this the group that's here will not interfere with it. It was one of those things that was probably referring to you. How was, how, how common are resurrection and true resurrection spells in this area? <laughs> for those that can pay? Yes. For those that can pay, it's they can be done. You got to find, you know, in Waterdeep is considered the jewel of the Sword Coast. It is the largest city. It is 
home to lots of different magic and lots of different things. It's got these giant magic. It's got 10 giant magical statues like the Statue of Liberty that defend the city of Deansy. So it is available in Waterdeep. It can be done if you have the if you have the gold for it or if you have the contacts. The other thing you do, you do know about the, the female that was that you've heard Alexa talking to is you're pretty sure she hit she in her own right is a powerful sorcerer because she was able to teleport the group out of the crypt away from you guys she may not need the money she may have the contact that can actually do the whole thing so tears of magic kind of the realm where the the game is 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 magic is common to the point of it is usable people know about it but as you get away from the uh metropolitan areas because people have to come to study schools and everything else and they don't generally leave and go back out you know the further the, the smaller towns you get the more of uh you get the traveling wizard from time to time. You don't get those high level spells type stuff right. until, until the adventures come through. But in major cities, Neverwinter, Baldur's Gates, Waterdeep, and some of the other ones that are part of the, uh, uh, what's it called? The King's Alliance that defend that are city states that actually all gather together to defend the Sword Coast and defend each other. The big areas, magic is almost on par with science in some areas with how much it's used. So people don't look bad an eye at it too much when it's used, but at the same time, there is restrictions on certain types of magics that can be used in the city because charming a person to get your way around is same thing as grifting or playing a con or doing a Ponzi scheme. Right. It's like finding a Node.js programmer in Ditto, Alabama. <laughs> exactly. Or better yet, a Fortran offer, a Fortran programmer. <laughs> <laughs> Magic in this world is not a lost art, but it is confined to certain areas. Just because, I guess, think of it like college towns. You got all the knowledge right there, and they like to share. They don't really like to leave too much. And then when you, like you said, when you leave to smaller areas that don't have a need for it, they don't have a need for it. And you, you, you also get that impression from the, from Emerald Hargrove, as the fact that she's got a farm that they use druid, druidic magic to grow stuff that's not typically grown in this part of the world. That generally has to be shipped in or, you know, they're growing stuff that you typically find on islands because of the type of soil that stuff's used. Things like that are grown in different climates. But Druid Enclave is actually using magics to bring in what would normally be exotic fruits and foods and everything else into the city from their own farm. What other questions can I answer before we get going? I'm good. So that's where you guys are. You guys, um, it is the next morning. You guys have got a full long night's rest. Uh, so if you haven't reset your character sheets, go ahead and reset your character sheets. But you guys have woken up, exited your room. There is in the small dining space, the small dining room that leads leads out is out in front of your room. You guys have noticed there is basically a continental breakfast waiting for you. Coffee's still nice and steaming, some pastries, some breads, some cheeses, things like that, and meats. But other than that, there is no one else inside this magical house. But Bowden, you can peer out the magical front door because it's open and see the outside world. And you notice one of the females uh, that you saw from earlier uh, is standing within line of sight of the door, not looking back in the door, peering back in, but she's outside. Okay. And you see her out there and it looks like she's waiting um, and having a conversation with somebody just out of your line of sight. Since What's... she first went up. Uh, you can't, you can't hear. They're not that close, but oh, okay. you can see her turn her head. Nod and everything else. They're carrying on. Doesn't look like there's anything major going on in okay. the conversation, but they're just having a, they're soaking up this early morning sun and uh, having a conversation outside. 
So no no chanting in robes and dramatic lights at the moment. So no. Okay. <laughs> Somebody's out there doing the sun salutations. <laughs> <laughs> They're having their morning yoga session. <laughs> All right. Even the villains got to get their yoga in. Right. All right. I go back in. Where's Kyle? <laughs> I, uh, you roll over chip and you go, oh, Kyle knows right in the face. <laughs> oh, better than Kyle, but in the face. <laughs> True. A quick question. And this is kind of funny after listening to some of the episodes. Have we decided that Kyle's a male or a female? How's a girl? girl. How's a girl? Okay. Cause I keep screwing that up. <laughs> so you got Kyle butt in the face or Kyle nose in the face. And she's happy to see she sort of rolls over, looks at you like, uh, yeah, wake wake me up when the sun's higher up or there's food <laughs> type thing. <laughs> you know, you get that lazy dog syndrome, like, really, do I got to get up now? Then Bowden opens the door to, out to, to where the food is, and then Kyle, hello? Yeah. <laughs> you see Kyle's like, the nose gets going, butt lags a little bit, does that typical all four paws roll off the bed. Oh, what a gal. <laughs> does that big stretch, you know, does the play bow, and butts way up in the air, and Stands up, looks at you, Chip, and trots on out to see what she can table surf. Grab me a Danish. <laughs> She'll grab you a Danish. You'll have like one bite left by the time you get back. <laughs> I don't see any beer. <laughs> uh, you say that you don't see any beer. You notice that through the hallway, as I said, the spectral servants come through and you see this keg sort of set down at the end of the table. Ah. So much for scar- sarcasm. <laughs> You're like, not a bad brew. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, don't think I want to hit this. this I don't want to. I don't want to hit it in the morning quite yet, but oh, it's an option for later. Yeah, maybe. that's a little pony keg. That's <laughs> a that's a little what one gallon keg you can carry with you. So if nobody's in here at the moment, yeah, is the stair thing still happening? The stairs are still there. Yeah, but does the stair reset effect? Would still you like happening? to go test it out? Yeah, yeah. You get up to about that right. The second step before you get ready to go to the top, and you're walking back up from the bottom. Snap. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> Could animals try it? Would you like to lead would you like to lead Kyle up there? Yeah, I'll throw a Danish up to the top of the stairs. Okay. Danish makes it up there and lands. And Kyle goes running up after it and then pops back down and goes oh. and sort of stops and looks like this is you. <laughs> you just broke the doggy's brain. <laughs> you're teasing him with a da- teasing him now. <laughs> oh, it's two Danishes this morning. <laughs> hey we're gonna need more danishes Funky <laughs> waiter goes off <laughs> yeah the ethereal staff seems to as soon as they make their delivery they just sort of fade out of existence i'm gonna wander back towards that kitchen area okay you wander underneath the stairs you move back through and uh you can hear movement of food and everything else it's not really a lot of activity going on but mm-hmm. as you open the door of the kitchen you open it up and it's you don't really see anybody but you can see things moving around in there Got it. And done. All right. And it, it seems like it's a, as you take a look at a moment and watch, kitchen's got a whole thing going on where it's washing the plates, floor, you know, going through the whole thing. And you can see that it's a whole assembly line of activity going back through, setting stuff up. You'll notice that it, it seems to be breakfast for a while. Then all of a sudden you'll see it change to like some, you know, snack food or lunch food as you, as you take a couple minutes to watch it. So it's almost as if it's responding to something's previous commands or continued commands. Huh. Is it queuing up things for later or is it just sort of like 
trying to prepare things and it looks like it queuing it's just like doing things in preparation for forthcoming needs it is definitely queuing things up for forthcoming needs because once it gets to the end of the assembly line you notice it goes into another room ah. it's probably for storage oh okay and uh you you notice that as the you look around like the edge of the room you can see the the frost crystals are floating around the edges so it looks like a cold storage is going in there neat I want one of these. <laughs> Buddy, you're you're a cleric. You're a cleric. You got you got a little bit of arcane background, correct? Yes. Then go ahead and give me an arcana roll. Oh, yeah, that okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. But he does know <laughs> I got a 17. So <laughs> little to no arcana, but he has heard about a place that gives you free beer. So this type of magic's not unusual. I mean, they they there is different spells that create different types of magical constructs tiny huts and yeah you think of this and do and... you know the the name mordecai mordecai comes to mind on this one oh. like and you're like i wonder if this is his mansion spell mordecai mansion spell oh cool because you get to, you get to take a look at it and you look around it's a lot it it seems like it's grander than any other design you've seen this you know it, you know it looks like a nice house but it could be who knows what it could be but from what you're seeing is you realize that there's some texture to it. And, and the other thing you get to notice as you're looking around, the layout and style of the house is very distinct. You've seen it in Waterdeep nobility before. It seems like a very common theme between the nobility and, and Waterdeep. Okay. Um, hmm. Interesting. Uh, okay. So I'm going to sit down and start stuffing my face full of uh, breakfast type foods while mm -hmm. the other people start doing weird things. All right. What do, anybody else like to do weird things or like to get up and eat and or stick their head out the... Uh, Door to the outside world. <laughs> I'd like to join Boat and grab a bite to eat with Kyle and then yeah. start wondering who is the source of the magic. Yeah. Kyle is uh definitely looking at the charcuterie mm. dish and going, there's meat and cheese up there. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, ah, that's a perfect spot to be. Yeah. And of course, like any good dog, it is the constant elbow in the it is the constant nose in the elbow or under the arm. Mm -hmm. or it is the paw oh. and it's and it's not only the paw it is the paw and claw to drag, drag. <laughs> you're Naturally. not paying attention <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm really curious why the stairs won't let people go upstairs what's up there um it could be a lot of different reasons it could be nothing more than a uh the stairs are set to only let certain people be on a certain certain room you are in a magical construct in a Technically, another dimension. <laughs> You're outside the world you were once in. Um, so, yeah, then maybe taking a peek outside would be nice. Yeah, you take a peek outside. It's a nice, nice spring morning for you guys. It's late spring. As I said before, you see the two females that uh, you saw yesterday outside talking, and you see the, you see the two, you also see the two males as well as <laughs> Alexia. Alexia is standing much further forward away from the actual door, but as you peer out, you can see her very clearly. She's got a regular long trench coat slash duster on. Yeah, the morning is not cool. And it's not a cold morning. It's a comfortable morning. So the, the two gentlemen have their sleeveless shirts on and, you know, dress comfortably for it. They're talking about it. Definitely getting that fuzziness of having probably not shaved for a while. So that it's five o'clock shadows grown into a start of a beard as you look at them. But you do notice that Alexia has that big, giant uh, great sword still slung across her back. And she seems to be waiting for something as she stands out and stares out, which would be out to the out 
kind of southwest of where you guys are. You know, she's it's you could almost feel that you get the distinct impression that uh, Alexa is waiting impatiently for something. Great. I feel like uh, with all the hustle and bustle, Kel Grace would definitely be waking up with my super sensitive hearing. Oh, yeah. Um, you so definitely I'll wake up and plot around and figure out where where Chip is and go join Chip. Simply Kyle rolling out of bed is enough to go. Okay, it's time to get up. Kyle's up. <laughs> yep. Tick, 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 yeah. tick, 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 tick. And if it wasn't just his paws that were enough to bother you, the incessant whine of not being allowed to get an extra Danish that's at the top of the stairs wakes you up. <laughs> There's more, dog. Here you go. <laughs> Kyle just completely fixated on that one that got away. <laughs> it's like the squirrel that goes up the tree and starts throwing the nuts back at her. Right. <laughs> Before we took that tree down, when we had our dog Faith, the squirrels used to do that to Faith. <laughs> we'll sit in the tree and chuck the shells of the nuts at her. Oh, that's too funny. <laughs> Nacho cheese. <laughs> All right. Well. There it is, Taco Tuesday, when you make tacos. <laughs> Chip, while you're standing out there and you can hear uh, Bowden and Kel Grace sort of having a morning conversation and stuff in their face. Kel Grace is definitely, uh, she doesn't seem to really worry about table manners as much as you'd expect. (laughs) Chip, you noticed that all five of the people out front, all of a sudden they're, they stop talking. They all sort of turn and look in the same direction that, uh, Alexa is, as you can see a human male is coming out of the wood line and looks to be leading a, a human female behind him with a rope around her neck and it looks like her hands are tied as they're stumbling forward. You also notice the human male is guarding one arm, holds it at his side as if uh, not wanting to use it. He's not doing a normal swing gate up for the arms. Hmm. And he seems to be stumbling forward and you see him moving at best pace possible between pulling somebody and uh, trying to keep his arm from moving towards Alexa. Oh, I'm distressed by he has a person with a rope around their neck. Take, um, if I, where's Adrock by the way? He is just rolling out of bed and looking at and getting the pot of coffee to get going for himself. And it, so this this man with uh, a prisoner so, is going towards Alexia. Yeah. So Bowden, Kelgrace, and Adrock mm-hmm. are still in the dining room, basically, where Kyle is trying to convince them to feed him, feed her some more. <laughs> and you decided to step out to the front door, and you you can look back in and still see them, mm-hmm. and they're sort of carrying on like the morning breakfast they would at any type of tavern or inn. You're only like 20 feet away or so. Oh, yeah, if that, if that. I want to nudge Calgrace and be like, I know it's early, but can you take your breakfast to go and go uh, eavesdrop? You bring me coffee. I'll get you some, oh, Calgrace, I'll get you some coffee. Thank and you. a bib, because apparently you're a mess. Yes. Well, you know, I haven't had my coffee yet. <laughs> Bowden sees that there's stuff obviously starting to go down. He looks over there, looks at the food, oh. looks over there. Looks at the beer, grabs the pony keg, puts it under his arm, <laughs> puts the cap, right, put, puts the tap back in. Wasn't enough. To send a to go, oh gosh, um, what can I, I tell? My, this is my to-go cup. <laughs> put a straw in it. That's right. um, what can I tell Bowden and Calgrace of the appearance of this man? That that's the description I provided to you. How would you like to describe him to him? <laughs> Definitely human. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely human. He looks so distance between you 
and Alexia in the in the original start of where you saw the guy, uh, the 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 couple coming out of the wood line to you guys. Alexia is probably about fifty is about fifty feet from you, and the she other registered him yet? Huh? Has she noticed him yet? Oh yeah, they're all all five of them have noticed. They all quickly <clears throat> turn and are are looking and waiting to see what's going on. And Alexia's stance has gotten very stiff to the point of. You've got a good impression that the stiffness is disappointment to ang- disappointment to anger. Uh, it's that type of uh, you know, it's the type of stance you can see in people when something unexpected and disappointing happens. So you can see the change in her stance as they approach. And you know, like I said, you're 50 feet from where the door where you're at the door to where Alexa's at, waiting for this couple to come forward. Is there and is. You get Kel Grace and Bowden. They they cover the short distance left to there, and you see the uh, guy basically pull the rope forward that's around the woman's neck, pull it forward, and in, in such a manner that forces her to drop to her knees. And you see her arms are tied in front of her with ropes. She looks a little rough. Actually, both of them look pretty rough for wear. It looks like he's she's had a rough time. Her clothes are basically torn, dirty, muddy, things like that. Uh, as you as she falls to the ground, you re, you realize she's got you know one shoe on one shoe off but she's still got a stocking the gentleman for lack of a better term you can see it looks like he's been in a bit of a scuffle as you can see definitely dried blood down the side of his face he's guarding one he's guarding his right arm uh so he's pulling her forward left-handed do we recognize either of them no you haven't met either of them okay and you can clearly hear alexa goes and where are the others and it's not a quiet voice. It's an angry WTF voice. Mm. <laughs> you didn't need me to like sneak around. <clears throat> no, she's very upset. It's just three of you come to this. You know, Adrock still he's he's fighting with Kyle because Kyle decided, took the opportunity of voting, getting pushing the chair out, not pushing it back in, and getting up on the table to finish the table surf. The the roly poly dog that's going to have a lot of gas for you guys later. Great. Sounds like my house. <laughs> All right, so we. we if, you guys find two, if you guys find two more cats, it'll be just like your house. So we're at a semi-respectable observing distance from these things going on here. Alexa's obviously honked that her agent, apparently, <laughs> the guy has only brought back one person. Yeah. Um. Let's see. We don't know if there are any. Oh. Uh, Actually, at this at this distance, if you want to hear his response, for those that are there, just give me a perception roll. Perception. Oh, I have a good insight. my jam. <laughs> yeah, insight is your jam, Chip. I was looking at your passive going, wow, that's a damn good passive. 12 here. Okay. 14. All right. Wait, perception or insight? Perception. Perception. I would prefer insight. Ten. Yeah. I see you would. <laughs> you guys can't make out his uh, initial response. Whatever, because you can't see Alexa, whatever demeanor or whatever tone or shift in her, you see him cower backwards and basically is fall to one knee and put up his put up his left hand almost to actually fend off a strike. And he's like, we. He's like, this is the best I could do. We were overrun very quickly, and 
and the others were taken. She goes, and he's the rest of the rest of my men were are killed. They were taken or killed with them. And at that point in time, you guys cannot miss the absolute just frustrated scream that comes from Alexa. And you see her whole little she really takes her right hand, puts it up in the um and sort of reaches out into the air with it, almost as if it's just one of those, you know, trying to grab something out of the air. And you see that giant sword flash from her back into her hand. And you see her take it, cleave it down. Wait one second. How yep. far away is she from these people that she is talking to at the moment? Oh, uh, she's within she's within striking distance of the male. Okay. So would you guys like to act when you see that sword flash up? Uh, gut reaction, yes. Okay. Roll for initiative. This is just going to see if you can intercept, not not start a fight. This is going to see if you guys can act before she does. That's all. Okay. Are we all rolling initiative or just me? Anybody wants to try to make a reaction? Remember, you guys are 50 feet away. Yep. I got a 16. I got a three. Okay. <laughs> I got a rock. <laughs> oh, no, 18. Okay. 18 total. You guys, there, there's an instant tell. When that hand goes up, You, all of you, all three of you realize something's going down. <laughs> and you guys all start to move and react. You see the sword flash into her hand. And before any of you can further react, you see your second hand come up and cleave down, comes through his collarbone, would be on one side and comes out on this hip side. Oh, that is, that is okay. And you start off the day on a great note. I'm going to walk forward. I'm going to drop my hammer as I do so. And I'm going to walk towards the captive. Okay. You go, you go walking forward. You see Alexa sort of turn to the captive for a moment. And she turns away and you see the sword flash back on her back. It's almost, if she doesn't put it there, she just sort of starts that motion and boom, it's back there. Like I, I said, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's disciplined her, her underling. <laughs> yeah. And you, and as you're moving forward, you notice the other four individuals just sort of look there. They haven't reacted. They haven't moved. Right. You notice they all sort of perched, like ready to pounce for a moment. Then they're all sort of backing off for a second. They notice that I've dropped my hammer and. No, they don't seem to be concerned. They didn't with, seem to take that into account. Okay. They don't seem to take that into account. There's there's something that they were they were paying attention to. They were queuing off Alexa mm-hmm. when that sword went out. As soon as the sword's back, they were like, okay, we're good. Okay. Alexa continues. She turns and she looks at the she looks at the captives. She she turns her back to the captives and starts basically ha- having a monologue that sounds more like a dialogue with herself. <laughs> nice. Because she's having a conversation. She's like, I I need them all. She, and she goes. And then you hear, and you hear, what do you, I, no, I need them. I need every last one of them. They are the key to this type of stuff. No, I will not be patient. Like I said, you're hearing a monologue that sounds like a dialogue. And it finally ends with, you know, just go, just go away. I will figure it out. It's one of those things that she's finally, she finally just, she's, she walks about 10, 15 feet away and just sort of stops. And it's, you almost get that pouty child syndrome of just the absolute frustration and ready to, just scream at the world. That sounds consistent with the conversation that Kelgrace heard. Very similar. Except there was somebody actually talking on the other side of that conversation. <laughs> or at is least that's what Kelgrace heard. Yeah. Is there a way to find out if she was like telepathically speaking to anyone and not actually having a monologue? There are magical means to do that. Do you, do you uh, possess any? Me personally? <laughs> or anybody in the group. As Highly well. doubtful. 
My strength is sneaking and um and listening. Yeah. I can't listen to imaginary things. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. I'll work on it. But like I said, she seems to be trying to compose herself. Bowden, you walk forward towards the captive. She is splattered with the her her former captive's blood mm-hmm. since she was in the splatter range. And uh I, I put my arm around her, which actually ends up being sort of like around her elbow wrap. Well, she's <laughs> on her she's already on her knees anyway. Oh, that's right. Yeah. All right. All right, my dear. Don't do it. You're safe for now. Are you, she, are you hurt? She you can tell she's had a rough, she's had a rough go. She's got it looks like she's almost been dragged through the woods if necessary. Got a few bumps and bruises on her. So basically, like, you know, trying to walk through the Virginia woods in the summer in the middle of the night, not knowing what you're going through and just walking through everything. All right. That type of um, roughness. All right, dear. Don't worry. The good, like, dragon, the good dragon will take care of your healing word. Okay. You know, you see you see some of the minor... You see the... She's got minor cuts and bruises, nothing big. You see most of them clean up, but she's still covered in filth and everything else. Nine points. Yep. And she leans into you and she's like, please, please. I didn't do anything. I don't know why they took us. Please, your, don't, your, don't, don't let me happen. What's your name, dearie? I'm going to lead her back over to our little clatch over here okay you guys are all standing outside she goes she goes mary have you got a family name dear she goes mary hapless it's been you know we i got taken i don't know how how long ago but then on our way on our way through the wagon we we were set upon and all i could hear was screaming and, and all i could hear was screaming the next thing i know we were running i don't i don't know what happened to all the the others that i was with she's Beyond the, yeah, she's beyond a little bit of hysterical. It's she, she's had a bit of a rough trauma in a in a very short period of time. Yeah, <laughs> um, and her the waterworks are on in the eyes. So mm-hmm. as you as you lead her back, you see Alexa. The rest of you see Alexa turn towards you, and it's suddenly she gets the surprise. Looks like oh, you're still you know oh wow, I have others here. I have an audience <laughs> type stuff. <laughs> she's got that messed up, you know that morning it's the morning big hair and everything else from her temper tantrum she's thrown so her hair is a bit all over the place and she comes stalking up to you guys chip and kelgrace will definitely notice uh, adrock would be the only one not so Bowden, chip and kelgrace you do notice that as alexa turns her attention towards you guys her four her her four companions also seem to follow her lead and at least now acknowledge have an acknowledgement of where you that you guys exist now of where before you did not in their minds okay and she goes um she comes stalking up i she goes i cannot believe i i can't deal with the incompetence i cannot deal with people that cannot do a simple task of bringing me what i've paid them to do i need this i i don't know i she goes you know she goes i didn't know what to do with you all and i didn't know if you would be a thorn in my side but now maybe we can maybe you can help me i need what i paid for brought to me and i'd like you to do it and the, the look on her face is more of a it's a combination of like a plead and a demand when she gets into it okay you're also getting a you're getting a distinct impression that she's probably not all there mentally uh, yeah <laughs> i feel like we we had that impression yeah quickly she goes i thought i could depend on bruno and his crew and he did nothing wrong a simple and she recycles this tale a couple times of the same thing over and over. And she looks at you guys and, and she finally settles 
on you, Bowden, because you have one of her items <laughs> next to you. Is this is this an appropriate time to uh, sing that we don't talk about Bruno? <laughs> she goes, you're right. We do not talk about Bruno. He is an incompetent, and I would never, ever hire his crew again. If we talk about Bruno, there will be consequences. Rats on your backs or something. We don't know, but it'll be consequences. We need the truth and the whole truth, Bruno. <laughs> Oh, why not? She goes, can I, can I depend on you? You came to me. Can I depend on you to do something as simple as bring me the others that Bruno and his crew were supposed to bring? Or are you going to be as co- incompetent as they are? No, I will not shut up. And she literally turns away from you guys. No, they are here for a reason. I will use them as I see fit. Just deal with it. Can I depend on you guys? I'm going to pick up my hammer and put it back on my belt. <laughs> You're like, click. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Can I do a little insight to see if I can figure out? I, I can't yeah, go ahead. Roll, it, roll an insight. Here. Is this somebody mentally unstable? Truly? Uh, six. The psychological <laughs> banana nut pancakes. So. <laughs> the magic gate ball says, most definitely. <laughs> you understand the situation of she is the daughter of an accused witch who father was lost at sea, raised by a single mother for a time before her mother was tried and killed as a witch raised by a priest. And in some, in some time period during that time, with all that trauma going, with all that childhood trauma, because given that being 20 years ago and looking at her age, when that happened, she had to be less than 10 years old. Knowing what you know of just of the short history of without delving in any deeper from the story you got from Father Dumas, mm-hmm. she's probably not fully there. But at the same time, the interaction with the unknown entity mm-hmm. could either be a, a, a part of the psychosis or something something entirely different. Mm-hmm. You Do just, just don't have I an idea for that one. My, uh, my proficiency in deception, which feels incredibly wrong on someone who's not all there but here we are um to perhaps pretend that i can also talk to this person and uh and see if i can figure out what's going on yeah give me a deception roll okay. it's not going to go very well i, I got a seven plus three for a ten oh, let's see how she does for paying attention to you what would you like to say to the uh your invisible friend so perhaps to the invisible friend, I could turn and say, why do you keep preaching patience? It sounds like she's been waiting quite a while. Christine? She's like, I have been waiting quite a while. And that's why I'm asking you to help me because I think you can solve it. What are we solving? I simply need my, my, I simply need my mother returned. And to do so, I need what I paid Bruno and his crew to do. Bruno says, whatever attacked them and took my stuff is not far from here. And she looks back at Bruno and it's that sudden realization. She's like, well, that might've been stupid. (laughs) She goes, she's like, no, it doesn't matter. He deserved what he got. Yeah. You know what? Go away. Find some, no, go. But can you help me? And and this is one of the stuff that you are asking us to retrieve. Yes. Towards the young lady at my left here. Yes. She owes me. She owes my family. And how will she be paying that debt? How will she be paying that debt? And she gets that stunned look and pauses for a moment. Like she doesn't know how to answer that. She goes, and you see, you see her cock her head. Like she's listening for a minute. The same way my mother did. You're saying with her life. If that's what it takes. Yes. 
is that the only way that she these debts can be paid? Because I look at the circumstance that you're in and I see the pain that you're encountering, that you're dealing with. But I only see tragedy after tragedy coming from all of this. Would you like to make a persuasion roll? Yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's persuasion. That's right. Teamwork, Cody. To switch modes here. <laughs> oh, son of a... Bowden's <laughs> back with a vengeance. <laughs> I think you had too much beer for breakfast. Yeah. Bowden, you I've been preparing this speech <laughs> for months. <laughs> trying to figure out what Bowden would say to this lady to try and take her off of her course. But you get you get to the distinct by the Bowden one. <laughs> you get the distinct impression that she is she almost it's almost she tones you out. She doesn't seem to it, her. She just seems to lose focus for a moment, and she's not. She's there, but she's not here. At the moment, it, it, you get the kind of feeling like you're going wah 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 wah, and then she goes, "Well, are you going to help me or not?" And she looks at the four. She looks at the four of you. We're willing to help you, but we cannot do it by sacrificing the lives of others, especially innocents. And we understand that in this instance, you too are an innocent. You weren't drawn into this by your own actions originally. She's like, my goal is simple, to bring my mother back. Is there no other way? No, there is not. Now, Bowden, actually Chip, I should say on that one, her pause when she says it gives you the impression that she's not entirely sure and she's convinced on a particular path. This is your insight telling you that watching her and hearing the subtle changes as she talks to Bowden. What's the name of your friend to your... If she's looking to her left, who's the name of your friend to your left? Are you, are you talking about her companions out there? The, uh, the, the two males or the, or the female? The mystery voice. The mystery the invisible friend. Oh, the, she's my counsel. She's the one that tells me how things are done. What's her name? You notice that she tries to answer you, but she can't. She tries to vocalize it. She's like, we are wasting time. Uh, is your counsel the one who suggested sacrifice was the only way back to your mother she gives a big sigh and when she does that you notice that the the two males and the two females suddenly sort of flank out and you can see the agitation rise in them i thought i thought you guys were different i really did i thought you understood what i needed and how i needed it to be done you're just like everyone else ever talked to talk bad about my family and what she's done she's like i i, I just don't i have just, no ill will towards your mother she, i didn't you, you see her you basically you see her turn her back on you guys and you can see the four of her four companions start to get agitated and, and you see them you know all four of them sort of cock the, uh, like they're cracking the neck back and forth kel grace i need you to give me a hand on weapon wisdom saving throw working on it understood <laughs> working there we go Bodie. <laughs> hmm. You bodied it. He bodied it. <laughs> oh, Grace, you have this, you feel this energy wash over you, and you hear this voice in the back of your head saying, I have no more time for them. Do what you were made for and remove my th- remove these thorns. And for you, Kel Grace, you feel the rise of anger. You feel the bloodlust starting to come into you, and you can feel that just there's a lust for there's a lust for blood, a lust for fight within you and you join the other four <laughs> as they begin their transformation oh crap the three of you stand there for a moment and realize that oh 
some some cue just happened between Alexis and those four, mm-hmm. and you see them start their transformation into a were creature. You see that see the fur grow out, the snouts grow long, the backs sort of extend and they grow in size. And you see Kelgrace, you get you guys catch that glance off the off to the side, you see Kelgrace going through the exact same transformation, and all of a sudden it breaks and ends with the five of them raising their snouts and howling at the top of the lungs. They turn and all five look at the three of you. So roll a niche. It would seem our quartet of adventurers lacked the words and the people skills to turn Alexia from her chosen path. Now Adrock, Bowden, and Chip have to deal not only with Alexa and her werewolf bodyguards, but also Kelgrace's curse of lycanthropy has been revealed. How will this challenge play out? Don't miss the exciting next episode of Smash Loot and Roll. Thank you for listening, and take care.